0: Welcome back everyone, today I'm going to talk about one of my favorite dividend growth stocks right now. The company is Visa, ticker symbol V, and it really needs no introduction. With more than 4 billion Visa credit and debit cards in circulation, odds are you are the proud owner of at least one. As of 2021, Visa represented more than 50% of the credit card market share by network purchase volume, amongst the four largest credit card networks. It represented an even more impressive 72% of the debit card market share and accounted for 48% of all cards in circulation. Simply put, when you're using plastic money, Visa is the big boy on the block. Before we get ahead of ourselves talking about how great the company is or how bright their future may be, let's start by looking at its valuation. I like investing in great companies, but I like them even more if they are attractively valued. So let's pull up my dividend yield theory screener and take a look at Visa's valuation. I already have all the supporting data populated in my spreadsheet, so let's run the screener and see how Visa shakes out. While the screener does its thing, let's take a quick peek at the dividend history. During the past 11 years, we have seen exceptional dividend growth from the company, with all years except for 2021 seeing double-digit dividend increases. The long-term CAGR has also remained very healthy in the mid to high teens. Visa hasn't announced a dividend increase in 2023 yet, My figure here is just an estimate based on the most recent dividend rate of $0.45. This means that even if Visa does not increase its dividend this year, which by the way I believe is highly unlikely, the annual dividend for 2023 would still clock in about 14% above the 2022 annual dividend payout. Visa typically announces dividend increases in quarter 4 so we likely won't see the 2023 increase until late October. Alright, the screener is finished, but let me jump over to the dashboard tab where I have three different valuations for the company. The first valuation is based on dividend yield theory. If you're unfamiliar with this valuation technique, it's quite simple. The theory implies that dividend growth stocks over time revert back to their long-term trailing dividend yields. Visa's trailing dividend yield currently sits at 0.66%, while the actual dividend yield is 0.8%, so right off the bat we can tell the stock is potentially undervalued. The trailing dividend yield has actually trended lower during the past 7 years from a high of 0.77% in 2016 to a low of 0.65% in early 2022. In the valuation chart, we can see the stock has generally hugged the fair value line pretty nicely during the last 7 years, occasionally dipping lower and presenting more opportune entry points. And since late 2021, the price has flattened out right around the $200 range, while its valuation zones kept climbing. I believe this deviation from the norm is an opportunity for patient investors that have a long-term outlook. Dividend yield theory tells us the stock is about 17% undervalued today, and that it should trade closer to $270 per share. If we take a quick look at the performance test based on dividend yield theory, we can see that investing in the stock when it appeared undervalued would have led to a better than average return. This is an approximate annualized rate of return for a 6-year window of time ending about 1 year prior to today. The average return of investing in the stock every day during this test window was 10.13% and 13.33% for all undervalued days. A 30% boost in return sounds pretty good to me. Okay, let's take a look at another valuation measure using historical P.E. ratios. Most investors should be familiar with the P.E. ratio. But in case you aren't, here's a quick explanation. A P.E. ratio is essentially the share price for the stock divided by its most recent annual earnings per share figure. And it tells you what multiple of earnings you need to pay to be a shareholder of a given business. A low P.E. ratio is favorable, but the definition of low changes depending on the sector and the rate of growth for a business. I like to use P.E. ratios in two different ways. The first is by comparing the P.E. ratios of two similar stocks to see which one is cheaper. So we could pull up the current P.E. ratio for MasterCard and see whether Visa trades for a more favorable multiple or not. The other method is to look at the historical P.E. ratio for Visa and see where the stock trades today in relation to where it traded in the past. Visa's P.E. ratio today is quite high at 30.55 and I say it's quite high because the normal P.E. ratio for the stock market is 15 or at least that is what most financial websites say. However, Visa has crushed average market returns historically and the market has priced the stock accordingly The 5-year trailing average P.E. ratio for Visa is 34.03 which would imply the stock is attractively valued today In fact, comparing the actual price to the fair price based on the trailing P.E. ratio we see that Visa is about 8% undervalued If we look at the trailing P.E. ratio during the past 7 years we can see that it has climbed from a low of about 25 in 2016 and peaked at 35 in early 2022 The actual P.E. ratio for the company has generally remained above 30 and on occasion climbed into the 40s, but we can see a few instances where it dipped into the mid to high 20s, like early 2018, early 2019, during the 2020 pandemic crash and for the majority of 2022. The valuation chart based on the trailing P.E. ratio looks very similar to the dividend yield theory valuation chart and tells us the same story, that Visa appears to be attractively valued today. The performance test using the PE ratio as a valuation metric is less favorable when compared to dividend yield theory. Investing in the stock on days where it appeared undervalued would have only improved the average return from 10.13% to 11.10%. That's still an almost 10% improvement which is nothing to sneeze at, but not quite as generous as what dividend yield theory offered. So thus far we have two favorable valuation tests in Visa's favor, but let's take a look at another one for good measure. The third valuation test is based on free cash flow per share. Free cash flow per share is basically the same as the P-E ratio, except here we replace earnings per share with free cash flow per share. And free cash flow shows us the financial flexibility of a company. Today, Visa trades for 26.17 times free cash flow, and the trailing 5-year figure is 30.91. So again, this valuation measure points to undervaluation. The exact undervaluation is approximately 15%. The trailing free cash flow figure has remained more flat compared to the P-E ratio during the past 7 years. It hovered in the low 30s in 2016 and 2017, then dipped to a low of 27 by early 2019, and climbed back above 30 in 2020. Since early 2021, the ratio has been gradually moving lower, to its current value just below 31. The valuation chart looks very similar to the PE and dividend yield theory charts. The only major difference is that the dividend yield theory chart looks more consistent, since the company has a long streak of consecutive dividend increases. Free cash flow and earnings per share tend to fluctuate more than dividends which is why I like the dividend yield theory charts the most. Looking at the performance test, we can see that using free cash flow as a valuation measure would have improved our average return from 10.13% to 12.54%. That's about a 25% boost in return, which is pretty good. The other benefit we can note here is that the free cash flow valuation model would have offered the best improvement in terms of voiding poor returns. The average return for overvalued days as measured by free cash flow per share have an average return of 8.21%. While for dividend yield theory, the average return for overvalued days was 9.48% and 9.97% using the P-E ratio. Overall, Visa presents a very good valuation today. The only kicker here is that these models are all backward looking and they don't exactly tell us what's on the horizon. So let's do a quick future growth outlook for the stock. For this, I have taken the earnings forecast from a range of analysts for the next three years. And I'll make some assumptions of where the stock price may be headed. I'll be using fiscal years, and for 2023, analysts are estimating earnings per share to be $8.47, which would be an 18% increase over the most recent trailing 12-month earnings figure. In 2024, they are forecasting earnings of $9.66, or 14% growth over 2023. And for 2025, the estimate is $11.16, or another 15.5% annual growth. The 5-year earnings growth estimate is 15.48%, which is in line with the growth projected for the next 3 years. These are all very good forecasts that also tell me the company can afford to continue growing its dividend at low to mid double-digit rates, all the while maintaining its super low payout ratio. If we take these estimated earnings and multiply them by Visa's trailing 5-year P.E. ratio of 34.03, we get a fair price at the end of this year of $288, $328 in 2024, and $379 in 2025. These prices would imply a return of 28% this year, 46% by the end of next year. And 69% by 2025. Pretty strong returns in my book. If we use the current PE ratio instead, the prices and returns come down a bit to $258, or 15% this year, $295, or 31% next year, and $340, or 52% by 2025, which would still be a very good outcome by my standards. Another estimate I like to do is to come up with an annualized rate of return for the next five years, based on the five year earnings growth forecast, the current dividend yield, and a return to fair value. I apply a 25% margin of safety to the earnings forecast, since analysts get these wrong all of the time. And I'd rather underestimate and see my investment over deliver. Based on this calculation we get the following annualized rates of return, 15.71% based on dividend yield theory, 14.02% based on the PE ratio, and 15.31% based on the free cash flow per share, with all three averaging out to be 15.01%. I personally aim for a 12% long term annual return. So even with my margin of safety, there is still a decent amount of wiggle room with Visa to meet my expectations. Based on analyst's forecast, there is a consensus that Visa will continue to grow in the future. I hold the same opinion. The company operates in a duopoly with Mastercard, but it is also the larger partner in this duo. Visa, as the largest player in the credit card network, stands to benefit greatly from future growth of the industry. There are various reports online projecting the future growth of credit card payments, but they all point to the same conclusion. The industry is expected to grow steadily and consistently for the next decade. The average consensus I have seen ranges between 7 and 8% compounded annual growth. To understand the industry, you should know the difference between a credit card issuer and a credit card network. Visa is the latter. A credit card network provides the framework for facilitating transactions via credit cards, while a credit card issuer provides the physical cards to consumers and dictates the terms and perks associated with such card. As a credit card network, Visa does not extend credit lines to individual consumers. They simply process the individual transactions every time a Visa card is used out in the real world. And for this service, they charge a percentage of the payment. This is a fantastic business model, because Visa stands to profit from all transactions that take place on their network, while the credit card issuers are on the hook for collecting the payments that were charged on credit. Because of this, Visa has an outstanding 97% gross profit margin that has consistently stayed at this level for the past decade. Their main expenses are general and administrative, but the bottom line, net income margin, is a very strong 50% which is a very healthy bottom line. Visa may not be an overly appealing dividend stock with their sub-1% dividend yield, but they are a great dividend growth stock to hold in a diversified portfolio. The company is also a buyback machine with a very robust share repurchase program. During the past decade, the diluted shares outstanding have shrunk from 2,624 shares in 2013 to 2,121 shares as of the most trailing 12-month data. That's a steady decline of about 2.4% per year. When you combine this with a 0.8% dividend yield, all of a sudden you are getting a 3.2% buyback included yield from the stock. I have been expanding my position in Visa over the past year, and I will continue to do so, at least in the near future, while the stock trades for what appears to be an attractive price to me. I would encourage all of you to perform your own due diligence and valuation models, but to me Visa looks like a long-term winner.